the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rescuers radio show at uh, Salem Broadcasting. Uh, The show airs every Thursday on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. And once it airs, uh, these programs can all be found in the podcast form. And, uh, you know, wherever your favorite place is to get a podcast, you'll find us. You can also find Rescuers at our website, rescuersradioshow.org. We are a nonprofit, and you, if you're interested in being a partner of this radio ministry, you can do that through that website, rescuersradioshow.org, and they'll, they'll walk you through the, the process. Uh, um, we, we would certainly... Uh, allow you to do that. So uh, I have a great guest right now, and reading about uh, what we were going to be talking about today is really exciting. Uh, My guest is Jenny Clark, founder and CEO of Love Your School. Hi, Jenny. Hello. Thank you for having me today. You know, um, we we have a lot of time here to talk about this and go deep into this and, and at all parts of what you've done here. Uh, but we, I always like starting off the program, uh, if you've listened to some of our programs before, uh, to your background, how did you get here to this point in your life? Acquaint you with our audience. Absolutely. I would love that. Um, so I was born and raised here in Arizona. I went to public school, kindergarten through 12th grade, and then on to the University of Arizona. And um, actually at the U of A, I got really involved in Campus Crusade and found myself um, after graduation, leaving my business economics plans behind and going to seminary, uh, much to the delight of my parents, I'm sure. And <laughs> at the time, I uh, met and married my husband of 16 years, Michael. And we spent some time in Louisville, Kentucky in seminary and then in Oklahoma. And then we actually found ourselves moving back to Arizona uh, about eight years ago now. And we currently have five kiddos. Wow. <laughs> so we are very busy. <laughs> wow, all ages? All ages, 3, 6, 9, 10, 12. So I've got a, a preteen in the home, three boys and two girls. So it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty fun. We'll just say that. <laughs> and a lot of different experiences, right? A lot of different experiences. And some of kind of that story is what really led me towards launching Love Your School. We... Um, you know, had never really thought that we would home educate our kids, which is what we ended up doing initially, because our two our two oldest kids at the time, who were four and six, seemed to have a lot of learning struggles, and we 
went to our local school district, obviously public school fan myself as a graduate, and they said, uh, you know, oh, nothing's wrong with your kids. They're fine. And I was like, no, I'm a mom. I mean, I don't know everything about teaching my kids, but something's not right. And we discovered that our kids actually had um, pretty severe dyslexia and dysgraphia, and that ended um, us going down a road and a path of learning about learning disabilities and special needs, which kind of directed me towards eventually launching Love Your School. Well, going to those two things, what what are they? You know, let's take a lot of time dissecting that. How does it? You know, how do you help? Absolutely. So it's a pretty complicated process. Um, in Arizona, uh, if your child has any type of developmental delay or special need and they're under the age of three, Arizona has the Arizona Early Intervention Program or AZIP. And one of my kids did qualify for that because he had some, you know, low muscle tone and occupational therapy and other delays. And, you know, when they're that young, we didn't really know what the diagnosis was, but we qualified for AZIP. And then once my son graduated out of AZIP, um, it's the local school district that has the responsibility to evaluate children who are three and above. So we went through that process. He qualified for speech therapy and a few other things. But it was through the support of, of course, other moms and then those other therapists that were in my home saying, hey, you know, we think there might be something else going on here. We're not sure what it is, but you should probably get your older son evaluated and your other son may be evaluated at Phoenix Children's, which we ended up doing. And it was this, you know, kind of long, lengthy, emotional process. Um, but it turned out the primary diagnoses were, uh, I say just dyslexia, but dyslexia is hard enough as it is, but it was dyslexia. And that was really fascinating for me, too, because... Well, exactly what is that? Yeah, so yeah. dyslexia is basically a learning disability, and it's actually genetic. And that's really important because a lot of families think that there's something that they've done wrong when their child has a delay in reading. Um, and that's that's not really always the case. Dyslexia is not something that you can solve by you know trying to teach your kid the alphabet earlier or reading more books to your child, which is what we often get told as parents. That's what I was told. Well... You just need to practice sight words more. You just need to do these things. And I'm like, I'm trying. But one day my kid remembers that M says mm, and the next day he doesn't. That There's something else there. So isn't it like inside out? Sometimes, yes. It can look so many different ways. And I'm not a dyslexia expert by any means. But, of course, you learn a lot when you're a parent. Um, and, of course, looking back – we saw signs, you know, flipping of letters, um, a low executive memory. So not being able to remember something he learned one day to the next day, um, even just extremely messy handwriting or being exhausted or tired or frustrated doing schoolwork. And that's the type of parent that I work with all the time. The parent that comes to me and says, something's not right. I think that there's something going on here. What do I do? And we walk parents through the process of getting an evaluation at their local school district. And then we help them discover the education options that are available to them, even scholarships in the state of Arizona. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm being schooled here because I, I don't know a lot about that. I know the word and, and kind of understand. But um, to, to figure that out, and to have it uh, uh, therapeutically attended to, yeah. that's huge. And and um, so my kids are all adult, and and so back in the seventies, this wasn't even 
uh, found yet, right? I mean, was it, did they have this figured out? Certainly it was not diagnosed as much as it is now, but even now it is quite a significant struggle if you are a family with a child that has any type of learning disability in reading to get a diagnosis. Even when we go through the school district process with families, um, and they are required to do that based on federal child find law to find and identify children with learning disabilities. So I always tell a parent, even if your kid's in private school, Even if your kid is homeschooled, the school district still has um, the responsibility to evaluate your child. So that's important to know. But even then, it's only usually called specific learning disability of reading. So we often have to press or work with families to find a neuropsychologist that can actually diagnose the dyslexia. And the diagnosis is really important. Sometimes parents say, well, I don't want this diagnosis to follow my child everywhere. And I try to really encourage parents like other people encouraged me to say, no, this is like a toolbox. And once you have this diagnosis, it's going to unlock a toolbox full of resources for you and for your child so that you can work towards remediating that dyslexia and and helping your child be successful no matter what school environment they're in. My goodness. So not only are you being a mom with with five kids, you're having to learn how to this new science, right? Yes, learning and, and, a science yeah. of, of of learning disabilities and dyslexia. And let me just tell you, it's a partnership between other groups and people and moms and organizations. We all lean on each other and you're always learning. And so when I kind of, when we went through that process with our two oldest kids and got those diagnoses, we found out about the Arizona Empowerment Scholarship Account Program, which had been in Arizona for 10 years. Wow. And our children actually qualified for that scholarship two years earlier than when we discovered it. And of course, when I heard that, I was excited that we qualified, but my heart also sank because we were at a time in our lives where my husband had gone back to school. We had three kids at home, you know, single income, and we were paying for all of this therapy on our own. It was a big struggle. And so part of the reason why we launched the nonprofit is because we wanted to make sure that families knew what their options were. They knew what their choices were. So they were getting the resources they needed at the right time and not later like our family had. Yeah. So um, being the founder and CEO of Love Your School, uh, at what point do you love your school? I mean, I know that's probably all over the board of what people really feel about their schools, sure. whether it be a charter school, a public school, mm-hmm. um, religious yeah. base, Everything whatever is it is. Yeah. But uh, how was God leading you at that point? into this? That's a great question. So Love Your School itself is a 501c3 nonprofit. And so we as a nonprofit are secular, but obviously me personally, um, as a Christian who came to faith in uh, college, everything that I've done up to this point is obviously because I have felt personally the Lord's leading in my life to do this and to help other families. Um, So I'm great, very grateful to be in this work um, and to be working with all sorts of, you know, families. Um, But obviously, I think any mom that's going to go from being a full-time stay-at-home mom to launching a nonprofit, you know, maybe returning to work some or even starting a career, that's a very difficult decision and one that obviously we were able to make through um, a lot of prayer and encouragement and discussion with other close friends and other believers and obviously uh, with my husband as well. We probably have some listeners right now that have joined the program late, uh, so I'd like to reintroduce uh, Jenny Clark, founder of CEO and CEO of Love Your School. So 
So let's continue that discussion right now. Um, so uh, what what if families say, no, mm-hmm. I don't like my school. Yeah. Uh, what can I do? What, what can you do to help them out of that? And those are absolutely a lot of the families that we end up serving. So the way that we kind of pitch it is that when asked the question, do you love your school? We want families and kids to be able to say emphatically, yes, I do. And if they're not saying that, we want to know why and how we can help. So whether it's district, charter, private, online, micro schools now, homeschool. Oh, hold on. What's a micro school? Oh, micro schools are are all the rage right now. And I'm so very happy that Arizona is the place that a lot of micro schools are launching. So micro schools are uh, small public schools that meet in homes or other spaces. Um, Arizona has a fantastic micro school network. Um, The first one that launched here was called Prenda. They are a a free charter school and families can go online with Prenda and look for a micro school in in their area, in their neighborhood, or they can launch one and it's free and usually they have 12, 12 to 15 students per micro school. There's Another new micro school that just launched called Adamo Micro Schools, of course, in Arizona, the Black Mothers Forum has launched four of their own micro oh, schools wow. yeah. serving their community. Good. Yeah, and basically saying, hey, we should be supportive of all education options. Yeah. We love our public schools, but if the traditional public district school isn't working for your child, you've got choices and a variety of choices. So is it if they say, no, I do not love my school, I don't even like my school, uh, let alone love it, right? Uh, you can explain these options, but uh, is it is it the what the the problems might be with the children, it might be with the school itself, it might be with who, superintendents or whatever. Absolutely. You, walk them, you have to walk them all the way through to find out what that real issue is, don't you? We walk them through that entire okay. process. And usually it starts with um, someone will send us an email or refer us and they'll give us a phone call. And we have just that initial conversation. Hey, tell us about your family. Tell us about your kids. And usually it will maybe center around one or two of of the kids that the parent is worried about that might be struggling. And as we unpack that, um, we try to see if there's any type of need for an evaluation for learning disability or other developmental delay. Um, And then if it's no, we don't have any concerns about that. We just want to find a different school in our area that works for our son or daughter, they're unhappy, then we can produce a list for them that meets the guidelines of what they're looking for in the area. And there tends to be a conversation of, oh, I didn't know you know, that school down the street for me was actually a free public charter school. I thought it was private and I couldn't afford it. But even if it's a private school and even if it's a faith-based school, Arizona has an amazing tuition tax credit program where families can get their private school tuition funded. And then, as I mentioned, the Arizona Empowerment Scholarship or ESA program. So we also educate a lot of families about those two scholarship programs for private school. That's great. So uh, I love your positive attitude saying that you'll have fun learning how to love your school. Yes, yes. We There's a reason for that. And so Love Your School has been an official nonprofit now for two years. And we started around the time where there was a lot of controversy, obviously, in Arizona. Um, around, really? <laughs> yeah, surprise, <laughs> around education and all these different things. And there's one thing I noticed during that whole time kind of as an observer, but then also as a parent who has five children on one of these empowerment scholarships, is that it was very negative. It was very negative, very discouraging. 
changing. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, over time, that's going to, you know, parents are going to grow weary of that. And Arizona is an incredible state. We do incredible things for our students and the way we fund education um, and the education options, the, the regulatory environment here to start new schools is incredible. So we decided that we were just going to step away from all of that negativity and we were going to focus on the good things, the positive things yeah. that are happening in Arizona education that we tend to not hear about or that people don't want to talk about. And that was going to be who we were celebrating school options in Arizona and providing families with options and opportunity and hope. So who did you work with to to make that happen, to help you? Yeah, yeah. So really early on, um, we, and it, it's no surprise kind of in Arizona who supports this whole broader idea of you know, school choice and school options and education freedom. Um, so early on, we worked with Center for Arizona Policy. Um, they were a big supporter and encourager of me personally um, during that time when we were wanting to just launch something new to really educate families. Yeah. Um, and then nationally now we have different um, partners and, and organizations like Ed Choice is another just fantastic organization, even altering COVID that has just promoted and encouraged um, school choice and education freedom across the U.S. for families. We never thought when we became a nonprofit at the beginning of 2020, like right before COVID when everything shut down. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that families were going to, like I was worried. I'm like, oh my gosh, we need more money to like market because I can't be at every single event. Like what are we going to do? And it was the total opposite. I mean, the timing could not have been more perfect. Families were all of a sudden coming to us going, what can we do? Where can we go? What are our resources? And I actually launched a, knowing absolutely nothing, launched a podcast in 2020, just talking with other parents, talking with other educators, school leaders about their options with the hope that even if one family heard about something and it, it gave them the option that they needed for their child, that we were doing a good thing. So that's been that's wonderful. What kind of, of audience are you getting? Oh my gosh. I probably have like, <laughs> I probably have like five listeners. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, uh, you just never know. You never know. That is there. true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so my gosh, um, in, in COVID, uh, the year of the pandemic, uh, schools are closed, some are open, you stay home, you come in, da 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 How do you deal with all of that and still have that positive attitude and fun? It was very <laughs> confusing, I think, at the time for parents. And it's really interesting that the years that I had spent as a home educating parent and also running a small cottage school. So for three years, I had uh, with other moms basically collaborated together and done like a co-op type cottage school environment. So all of that experience really helped me in encouraging other parents during COVID, really talking about basic things that you might not know unless you had had your kids at home before, which yeah. I had, such as, hey, your kid doesn't have to sit at the kitchen counter for five hours to do their schoolwork online. You know, it's going to look different when they're in your home than when they're in a classroom with 20 other children. And so walking parents through that and giving parents knowledge and tools and then also freedom. It's okay if your child, you know, logs on and does X, Y, and Z and then has a large break in the day to do something else. That's all right. That's normal. Yeah. And it's COVID season. It's different. Well, and I would think that one of the one of the deep issues would have been – uh, all of a sudden, parents go to work, their kids are in school. Now that's not the case. We're stretched. We're, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to handle this. And here you come. Yes, and there's a lot of um, conversation then, too, of – 
you know, early on, we didn't know how long it was going to be, right? So obviously, even things that we... We still do. Yeah, right. Well, even early on, like things that we said or encouraged were different because everyone was like, oh, the shutdown is going to be four weeks or six weeks or whatever. So it was very like, it's okay, get through it type of mode. And then after that time period, it was more, (laughs) it was more parents going, this really isn't working. Should I pull my child completely or I can't do this online piece? We always encouraged parents to be very communicative with their teachers and letting them know what was and wasn't working and asking for flexibility when needed. Because when you are a parent and you're trying to work at home and now all of a sudden you have a child, which my husband had to come home also and return to work. I was just going to say, you have your own family to take care of, right? It's just, it can be very hectic and it's someone's taking a call and, you know, you need to be quiet in the other room and all these different things. So we encourage parents to give themselves a lot of grace to be very communicative with teachers with what they needed, but also to give flexibility to their own to their own kids and student learners because there was so much they were struggling through also. Wow. So where are you now in all of yes. this? Yeah, so Love Your School has grown like crazy, which has been so exciting. <laughs> I hope that we continue to grow. So we were able to bring on a couple of grassroots coordinators this year as more people have seen the individualized and personalized work that we do with families, walking them through the special education process, walking them through what it looks like to get a scholarship for private school or home education. Um, And there's just been more interest in that than there ever has been before. We are very thankful that we actually were able to also move this year into West Virginia. West Virginia actually passed the most expansive empowerment scholarship in the nation this last year, 93% of students in West Virginia will be able to take their education dollars wherever they want. And so we've just got so much on the ground experience doing that parental support piece, right? That implementation of new education options that we just said, we got to get into West Virginia. We got to help these families too. And we're going to be partnering a lot of Arizona families with West Virginia families as they learn how these programs work because it's new for them. We've had it for 10 years. And how did you how did you work that out with what? How did you think of West Virginia? It is so crazy how this happens. Yeah, it's so crazy how this happens, but it really is through moms. It's, you know, you're on Facebook and a mom of a mom of a mom says, I know someone in Arizona who uses a program like that. You should reach out to them. And I ended up one day, you know, finding myself on a webinar with other homeschooling parents in West Virginia who were curious about this bill that was going through their legislature and what it looked like. And I said, hey, we've got five kids on that program. We can tell you exactly what it looks like and what we can do with those program funds. My goodness. So you went there. So I bit, and, and yeah. you met with groups, uh, one-on-ones, groups. What? How did that? How did so that... early on, it was just it was just zooms, and of course, you do one zoom, and then another parent reaches out and says, <laughs> "Will you hop on this zoom and do this and do that?" Um, and then, of course, once we saw that there was interest, we had the responsibility. It's fun being a nonprofit, as you know, of yep. going out and talking to some different donors and yep. saying, "Hey." What's going on in West Virginia and in all these other states across the U.S. right now is incredible in in education, the amount of innovation and education freedom that's blossoming right now. And we really want to be a part of that. And we had a few 
donors come by and just say, we think that's incredible. We want to be a part of that too. So I actually had flown out to West Virginia before with one of my kids who was actually going to testify <laughs> about how the ESA program has been so great for him as a dyslexic kid. Really? And then two weekends ago, we launched Love Your School West Virginia. We went out there for National School Choice Week, which was just two weeks ago. And we're able to already just get on the ground and start connecting with families in West Virginia. And of and course- did you go to the capital city? Did you? So we weren't it? in the capital uh, for National School Choice Week. We're actually in Wheeling. Charleston. What? Wheeling, West Virginia is where we were. Oh. But I've been to Charleston and it's- it's obviously gorgeous. I love West Virginia, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> so, yeah, we were in Wheeling launching uh, with some other different groups there on the ground. And it's very exciting what's happening in West Virginia and in so many other states. And Arizona has always been the leader in school choice and in education freedom, whether it's charter schools or homeschooling or ESAs. We've been a leader and we continue to be a state, uh, thanks to our leadership here in Arizona, that other schools and other states look at. So it's very exciting. That's awesome. So it is fun. It is fun. It's a, it's a <laughs> lot of fun. It's busy, but it's a lot of fun. I'm already thinking how many phone calls I'm getting after our time out here of moms, you know, texts and phone calls. But I love every minute of it and I'm very grateful. So uh, one last question. Uh, do you work main mainly in groups or individually, or does it matter? Um, so we do both. A lot of what we do first when we uh, work with a parent is an individual referral. Um, and we really like that because the parent then can you know, talk parent to parent. Sometimes it's just a mom or sometimes it's just a dad or sometimes it's both on the same call and they're sharing their story. They're sharing their concerns. And then we step in and say, okay, uh, this is what we're thinking. These are what your choices are. We send a follow-up email with all of the details about their school options, their scholarship options, how to get an education evaluation. And then we say, where do you want to go from here? Because it's all up to the parents. How do they contact you real quick? Jenny at loveyourschool.org or our website, loveyourschool.org. All right, Jenny Clark, you are a rescuer. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.